Hello everyone and welcome back to the Total 90 podcast. On this episode it's myself and Owen we'll be talking all things football, mainly recent news and also our respective teams Arsenal and Manchester United how they're getting on and how we see the future shaping up for them. The episode was recorded on the 16th of January 2022. Enjoy. Evening, Cube. You all right, mate? Yeah. Good evening. Yeah, you don't have the uh, the problem this week of uh, waiting for someone to say uh, say all right, do you? Yeah. I know, mate. I know, I know. Um, I think uh, there's perks of having just two of us on. I guess <laughs> personally, it's a little bit shorter the podcast, but uh, I think all of us have talked about it before. It's nice to have a third person on. It's a good uh, good balance to the show when there's yeah, three yeah. people on. Yeah. So obviously, I messaged you like earlier this afternoon just saying let's jump on and have a chat about what's been happening over the week um let's get started with the recent news mate rafa benitez i know you're a fan of his or i don't know if fans a strong word but i know you like like him as a manager um is it a surprise to you i mean let's have a look at the agent rafa i mean i mean to be honest mate his results have been great after um They've been kind of sliding down the tables, and is it a surprise? Not really, um, for kind of a few reasons. Like, obviously, results, results, business. I think, like, you'd have to be stupid to say like that. Kind of someone going there, like with his kind of like tenure at Liverpool, and kind of some of the things he'd said about Everton, like, and he was never a popular choice as manager, was he? So, yeah, he's not like he's gonna get. You know, I mean, if he if he starts struggling. He's not going to be kind of like get the Mikel Arteta treatment, is he? Like he's going to yeah. be on a short leash. And then I think like oh, it doesn't. I don't know what's going on at that club, but like they seem to have like changed a lot of managers, haven't they? Since that like new owner came in. Um, so I mean, he kind of alluded to it, didn't he? Kind of Benitez. This is all this like bigger problems at the club. I mean, I know they've had some injuries or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's um let's just say it's not surprising, but equally um yeah. I mean I am a fan of him. Um it cannot be denied. I mean you had nineteen games there, which isn't a long time, but you only won five, so you know. I think uh I I don't wanna like kind of speak for you, but I get the feeling you're more of a fan of his previous work, aren't you? Like in terms of what he did at Valencia and then Kind of what he did at Liverpool because I think it's Valencia where he peaked. Because since then, I don't think he's. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing of like I think I like, like about Rafa Newcastle is Newcastle maybe. Well, I think I, so. The thing about like about Rafa is like so as you say, like his early work definitely. But then I think it's more that like he's been able to adapt to situations. So like Newcastle is a good example where mm-hmm. like he went somewhere to a job, and even Chelsea really like he went to a kind of a like quite difficult situation at Chelsea. Um, and kind of, I thought did quite well at Chelsea. So I know what you mean in terms of like, you know, he's not like um, like setting the world or like what he's doing at kind of Chelsea or Newcastle. Um, definitely not at Everton. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, do, I do like him. Like I think he's an astute guy, um, and he's he's proven to be kind of tactically adept and getting the best out of squads and situations. So he I mean, obviously hasn't worked out from Everton, but yeah, that's kind of. That's the thing I kind of admire about him, like, is that he's not just like, you know, you talk about Mourinho. Mourinho's like, oh, he's a big club guy, like, you know, yeah. um, 
Benitez has kind of done it like in a few different places, like do you know what I mean, different situations. So I think uh, it's interesting you mentioned Mourinho because I was literally thinking as you were talking of like co- the comparisons because the way I look at them is like they're they were elite managers at a certain time and t- like times moved on now. Um, with Benitez, I think Everton were just stupid to give him the job, like, <laughs> like it, it's just crazy. Like, do, if it was Benitez at his prime, I could understand why you would swallow your pride, like, and just say, All right, yeah, he, he's like obviously synonymous with our rivals, but we're getting like a top, top class manager. But he was in, like, he, if you look at his record with Newcastle, Steve Bruce had a similar record, right? As the only difference was the fans from Newcastle loved him because you mentioned something, like, when we started talking about it, as in, like, he's already alluded to how there's problems in the back. And there may be, mate, and it's pretty obvious in most clubs, like, hierarchy aren't always too bothered about football. It's, like, only a handful of clubs where... A, they are bothered about football, and we'll obviously talk about United because that's kind of what I'm hinting at. And B, like they're actually doing the right things when it's related to football as well. So he's always going to be right. Doesn't matter, like ninety percent of the clubs he's at, you know, if he says, "Oh, there's <laughs> up top." But somebody pointed out, and I can't remember who it was. I was listening to like a podcast. I th- it was definitely on the Athletic, and they were saying. Because they were comparing uh, Steve Bruce and uh, Rafa Benitez's records. And so somebody posed the question, well, why is it that Newcastle fans absolutely adore Rafa, yet, like, hate Steve Bruce? Um, And it's obviously to do with politics in the sense that Steve Bruce used to manage Sunderland. Steve Bruce is seen as, like, a yes man to Mike Ashley, whereas Rafa would be like, oh, well... I would have won us the league if it wasn't for Mike Ashley type of thing. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he, I, I, he I get, plays I get, that quite well. Get, he, yeah, I see. I mean, he plays the fans, doesn't he? I think he's. Yeah. I think, I, he's shrewd in that way. Like, yeah. If I was a manager, I would do that as well. Let's be honest, because if it, if it, any advantage you can get, like in terms of in your role, you do it. Um, well, I think I think to be honest, man, I think that that's one of the things, isn't it? I think he's smart he understands that like if i've got the fans behind me then it gets the most out of them in the ground on the day like and that's a better yeah. an advantage i can get so i think that's probably which, something which, which is weird um sorry to interrupt you there mate which is why i found it weird that he took the everton job well, as well. I, know, like, I know bizarre. he wanted to yeah. like i know he wanted to like live in liverpool his family's kind of settled there but come on like and it's kind of tainted his legacy with liverpool as well like I mean, I don't think it's done it too, too much of a harm. Like, but... Mate, if they end up going down, I think most Liverpool fans would be uh, chuffed. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what the weird thing is? I was uh, talking to some of the United boys about this. I was like, if I was an Everton fan, I'd be terrified. Like, well, I haven't got any hair at the moment because I've shaved it off yesterday. But like, selling Dean and then sacking him the day after. Like, Dean was one of their best players for the past couple of seasons. But I think that's just... to me. I think that 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 sells everything about where the club's at though doesn't it like so the the seller player <laughs> the buying players and they get rid of the manager it's like i mean that's just big red flag for me that like as you say it's just bizarre yeah yeah because From the director I'm... of football left in december as well didn't he it means because well. of because of rafa <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like uh, come on. like i think you know what mate i think the way 
like football's going, you sh- like if you're a smart club, you get yourself a really really good director of football, and that's the guy you back. Yeah. Um, because managers will come and go, players will come and go. If you have like a director of football who's kind of keeping everything steady, then if you do lose a manager, it's not like all right, back to the drawing board, rub everything off, like start from the like start afresh again. At least well, you have the pieces there. Well, I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because and Rafa's kind of of that like old, isn't he? Where like the manager at the club was everything. Like you know, what I mean, and, and as you see, if you look at like most clubs now, the ones that tend to do better are the ones that don't really have that kind of structure where. Like they've got a very kind of stable like back of the house, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's move on from him, mate. Uh, unless you want to add anything else. I mean, I no. think both of us agree he he needed to go. Like after I'm looking at the results now, and yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I so, it's just and res- and yeah. Like I think the issue with him as well, like his football's never been like uh, it, it, it's not like amazing. Do you know what I mean? Where you can say, all right, well, you you can... Because it's very rigid, isn't it? Like, he has a certain plan and he wants to stick to it. Yeah, it's not like... uh, Yeah, it's not like attacking all-out philosophy, is it? Like, yeah. Yeah, not even... like. I mean, I might be being biased, but I stopped watching them after two or three games. I just found it really, like, boring compared to when Ancelotti was there. And he was obviously playing James Rodriguez. And you know it's going to be entertaining whether they win or lose. But anyway, mate, I'm just, uh, I was going to say I'm thankful it's not my club, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) nothing like foreshadowing. Um, Speaking of my club, mate, Martial, have you seen the stories about Martial? Well, I mean, I've seen, I've seen a little bit, but you, you fill me in, mate. Like, what's your kind of perspective of what's going on? So I'll give you like the crux of it, first of all. So I think Ranya came out and said he's not in the squad because he didn't want to be in the squad. Uh, after the it's either before or after last night's game, mm-hmm. um, and then today, this morning, Martial's gone to Twitter and he's like, I've <laughs> been at United for seven years, and I wouldn't disrespect the club by saying I don't want to be in the squad. And then, like, all hell's obviously broke loose on Twitter. People have like confirmed reports, actually, you're full of shit because. You did. You turned. You went AWOL for one of the like preseason tours or whatever, something along that line. And from my point of view, mate, the way I, I think, I look at him on the pitch and I think, mate, you look like exactly the type of player that would do that because <laughs> when things aren't going for him well on the pitch, he sulks. He stops running. Like he just stops doing the basics. And uh, I think one of the one of the lads from. I don't know if this is true or not because I'm gonna actually have to check it out. But he made a point because they obviously they had like a rant about uh, Martial. Um, I need to give them credit. What podcast? It was Stradbert Paddock, mate. So I don't listen to aside from that and the Athletic. I don't really listen to uh, other United stuff because you can get a hold of loads of support. He made. Um, I think it was uh, that Steve fella. He made a comment that. <laughs> Like Martial, he'll pass the ball a little bit behind a player so that it has to be a one-two instead of that player going forward with the ball. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's true or not, but I thought, wow, if that is, that's the ultimate, like, selfishness. Like, um, or I'll pass it, like, a little bit behind him so I have to get the ball back off him. Um, 
yeah, like that. So my stance is, me like if it's a choice between who do I believe, Ranić or Martial, I believe Ranić. I, th- I think he's got nothing to gain from seeing or he didn't want trouble. Well, the thing is, mate. So here's here's my thing of it. Like, if you look at what he actually says, Martial, he says, "I would never, never, never refuse to play a match." And I think Ranić, Ranić, it wanted him in the squad, didn't he? Like to be yeah. on the bench. So like, as in. I'm sure like Martial's basically feeling like he's been like phased out and they're trying to kick him out the club type thing. So yeah, he, I agree. He, he wants out, mate. Um Sevilla, yeah. Sevilla are in for him. I don't know if you've read up on that side of it, but just to give you a little bit more information. So Seville have been kind of uh trying to get him on the cheap, which is what Seville do, which is their right, to be honest. They're gonna border and try and get the best deal. Now, what Martial wants basically is he wants to keep his full two hundred and fifty grand a week wages, but he also wants to move to Seville. <laughs> well, you can't you can't have it both ways, mate. Like, take a pay cut and move there. And I'm glad United aren't saying, "Oh, we'll pay like fifty percent of his wages." I think I know you can't, a little bit. You are like, uh, what's the saying? Is it cutting off your nose to spite your face? Yeah, mate, saying, yeah, yeah, that is, mate, yeah, but and I see what you're saying, but I, I, I think, and I, I do take your points because we've talked about it in terms of like not overpaying for players, or whatever, and I do agree with it then, but I think like this guy's clearly like not aligned and like the culture of the team, is he? Like, yeah. you know, sulking and wanting his money and all that, like, and like you say, fair enough, like, and I, and I suspect he, you know, he may well have engineered this to try and, you know, facilitate his exit out the door, or whatever, yeah. you know, what I mean, or whatever, but like. You know, um, I would, I would, mate. You've got the money. Get rid of him. You're going to pay him anyway. So just get him out. Like you know, you need him gone. Yeah. I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do agree, mate. But I think, in a way, if, if he's trying to force a move, personally, I think you just stick him in, like, because it's him. And let's, I think he'll do well at a club like Seville. Like he is one of those players who's got so much talent, but he wants to be. The main basically, you know what he wants to be, mate. He wants to be like Messi. You know how, (laughs) like, prime Messi, he had everybody else doing everything around him, but he was doing what Messi does, which is like magic. Like, Martial hasn't got that level of consistency, so he wants to be treated like Messi, where everybody else does everything for him on the pitch. He barely runs unless he gets the ball and he wants to dribble past like however many players. But yeah, when Messi does it, mate, he does it with a consistency. And to be honest, one of the key things about Messi is like he releases the ball at the right time. His decision making is, I know I'm veering off the topic a little bit, but I think one of the most understated things about Messi when people are talking about his attributes is his decision making, mate. Like, mm. as in, he will always play the pass if that's the right move instead of taking the shot. Yeah, I think I, I absolutely do because I, I think that's one of like, if I'm honest, like that's one of the smartest things I think he does, which is like he, he's very good at like disguising how good of a football brain he's got because he's just saying like he's the attributes he's got, which is like dribbling, taking people on, like doing all that kind of like flashy stuff. Like you, you underestimate like how good of a football brain he's actually got because yeah, like I I totally agree with you. Like I think it's almost like part of the trick that he tries to play, which he 
he over overplaces some of these other elements to kind of like put people off the scent of like actually he's probably his main attribute is his football and brain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He has to have that brain, mate, being that size. <laughs> like, you've got to be clever to be dominating games when you're like four foot two or whatever he is. I mean, I, can't, I was just someone said it's like um, the, if you watch Messi, like he basically just like walks around and just like watches like what the defense is doing and stuff like in the first part of the game. Like so, anyway, next maybe if we go over to Paris or something, we'll watch him see what he does for the first like. I've watched I've watched him live a couple of times, mate. He does like walk around. Um, well, he used. I think this was like probably in his uh, mid to late twenties, and what he does is he'll walk around and basically save energy. I, I don't think Messi's like the fittest. Sorry, I cut off for a second there. The fittest player, and he knows that, so he pre- preserves his energy. Mm. And to be honest, what he does on the ball, you want him at a hundred percent, like you know, fresh yeah, when he gets yeah, the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite ironic that like a lot of players want that messy treatment, but <laughs> what he's got is a god-given talent. Even like Ronaldo, who's one of the hardest working players, who's like went like uh, in terms of achievement-wise, is on a personal level. You'd say Ronaldo is the closest, right? If not, like yeah, at yeah, the yeah. same level. You know what I mean? I think we've had that conversation before. Like even Ronaldo needs to work his socks off to get near Messi, whereas like you've got these next man's like Martial wanting that treatment just because they can dribble. Past. I think it's I think it's like a, it's very it seems to I mean I don't like saying this type of thing, but it happens a lot, doesn't it, with like French players? Like they sometimes have that like attitude, don't they? Like where you say where it's like oh, well, I'm so good that you guys should do the work and I'll just, like, do all the stuff that I'm good at. Like, it just doesn't... You know what, mate? I don't think it's French specifically. I know you didn't mean specifically anyway, but it happened, like, Ben Arthur, you know... Oh, mate, it's loads of examples, though, isn't there? Like, it's loads of them. But I think it's more to do with that sort of flair player. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they don't want to where they don't want to put the effort in. I mean, sometimes you have, like, Ronaldinho or Messi, who just, like, they have so much going forward. You're like, all right, you just let them do what they want to do because, like, they're going to win your game single-handedly. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, t- I'm torn. Like, at the moment with United, we're in a pretty, pretty, like... Yeah, I would, honestly, the situation you guys are in, I know what you're saying about, like, oh, I can put in the reserves or whatever, but I, I think you just need to, like, cut loose with him, like, you know what I mean? He's... Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he's a bad egg, isn't he? Like, if, if he's already um, creating trouble. You just don't um, need you pa- just don't need it, mate. Like, you've got, I'm sure you've got other people who young players, whatever, you could give a chance rather than having him, like, just cut, cut, yeah. cut loose, mate, cut loose. Yeah, I don't uh... I think United's in a very tough place at the moment, mate. Um, I would love to actually get. I might have to. I might uh, reach out to Ju- Julius again just to get his thoughts because obviously he had quite, quite uh, a lot of positive things to say about Ralph. Um, to a part of me feels like Ralph's because we were we were uh, speaking in the United forum earlier. And a part of me feels like he's trying to get the job permanently, mate. Like, mm. like some of the decisions he's made since coming in, that to me isn't a guy who's thinking, I'm here for six months, I'm going to steady the ship 
and I'm going to prep it for a new manager. That to me looks like he's trying to basically see if he can get the job permanently. And the reason I'm kind of thinking that is because when AC Milan wanted him as a director of football, he turned around and said to them after negotiating, saying, oh, actually, I want to be the manager. And mm. he's tried to be the manager at Leipzig before as well. I mean, he has been a manager for like six months for them or whatever, but yeah. Uh, uh, and what worries me about his credibility as a director of football is if he absolutely bombs as manager, how much credibility does he have left to say to the next guy, actually, you should be doing it this way? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though it's two different roles, but for example, if, um, say, you're coming in as the next manager and I've just absolutely balls it up and then I move to the boardroom and I'm telling you, all right, you got to play like this or you got to sign this player. Aren't you going to be like kind of double question everything? Do you know what I mean? I do, mate. I guess it's, I guess it's like, what's, if you turn that around the other way, like what's the, I mean, what's like the, the minimum expectation you'd have like for him to, kind of earn the right to be like director of football because I guess I don't think that's necessarily set in stone either like you know what I mean I think it's you know you guys still hold you know whether or not he thinks he holds the cards you guys hold the cards don't you because at the end of the day like you know he probably needs you more than you need him if that makes sense like I mean the way I look at it is he needs to be ideally obviously he should be getting top four but he needs to be like in with a shout of top four. Do you know what I mean? If he gets to the last day and we miss out by, say, two points or whatever, you can say, all right, he came in halfway through, he did what he could. Now let's move him upstairs and use his ideas. But if he totally bombs, like we finished, like, say, ninth, which is a possibility, the way we're playing, mate, I don't know mm -hmm. if you've watched it. No, no, yeah, definitely. Um, like, at that point, me personally, I feel like he loses credibility to then do his role as a director of football because the next guy coming in is not going to really like just accept what he's saying. I mean, he might not accept it anyway because no manager like really likes to be told what to do, but to have like that director of football relationship, like you got to have trust. And I think if he's done the job that this new manager's coming in at so in the summer to do, and he's done it really badly, then that manages. It, so it, right. Here's a question for you then, mate. Mm -hmm. and like, I know you're a United fan, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate, like, you know, you can't necessarily give a fully objective answer here, like, but, like, so say if the three choices were, like, he finishes top four and he gets the job, he finishes, like, fifth or sixth and he, and he goes into the top seat, or he finished, like, seventh or eighth, like, like, what, what would you, what would you think would be best for your club at the minute right now? It all depends on who's coming in next, mate. Like, if you're telling me um, he finishes fifth and then big Sam Allardyce comes in, <laughs> then obviously I would want the Champions League. But my personal preference, and it hasn't changed since we spoke a while ago, and I think it was uh, Murad we spoke to, the Ajax fan. Um, Ten Hag's the guy. Like, that that's the guy I would want as long as he keeps on doing well in the Champions League. So Champions League is a massive thing for both him and Poch because we're being linked with Poch as well. So I would take fifth. But 
I can't see you getting either of them if you're not top four, though, mate. Like that's the thing; it's a catch twenty-two, mate. Um, I, I don't think if he gets top four that oh, he's definitely going to be the manager. But mm. it's just certain things he's done, like little things, such as like when he came in and the formation, etc. He's playing instead of playing the best formation for the squad that we've got. Um, so initially, I think the first three or four games he played that four-two-two-two. Yeah, and. The problem with that formation for me is, you know, every formation has like flaws and uh, positives about it. For us, you got to tailor it around the squad. We're stacked in having like inside forwards or wingers, <laughs> you could say. So his formation basically takes away those. Bruno's our best player. And his formation plays Bruno out of position. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't get the four-two-two-two thing. I mean, I, and, I know he changed for for Villa or whatever, so I mean, that's positive, right? Yeah, I mean, we looked all right in the first half, and uh, I said, I texted about thirty minutes into the Villa game what I would do to have a young Matic and a young Cavani. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we've got like these two thirty-odd-year-olds, like who were. You, you could tell um, in second half, mate. I, again, I don't know if you watched the game. You could tell, like, uh, Matic slowly started fading away. And which is, I mean, what can you expect from like a player his age? You, you know, he's, he's not going to be covering because most of the time we were playing like 4 1, 4 1. So, like, mm. it was Matic who was holding on himself, or like you could say 4 3 3, however you looked at it. Um, and I think for a player of his age, it's too much to expect him to like do that role for a full ninety minutes against um, a Villa midfield, which is very mobile. Like I think yeah, uh, yeah. that Louise is very or Lewis, how, however you pronounce it, the ex-Man City player who used to be a winger, I think, and they've like converted him into a CDM. I really like him. I think he's a good player. But yeah, currently with Gomez. I was gonna say, so you what's what's the what's the kind of rumblings in the January transfer mark? Because I haven't really seen anything with Man United like too So much, the, like... this is this is another problem that, that like uh, another issue that's come out recently. Um I think in the, over the past couple of days it's reported that the board don't trust <laughs> don't trust Ralph's uh, like list of players. Amazing. So I, I, I think that I, I get the feeling that might be cobblers, but um, I wouldn't put it past our board, mate, because what they've always wanted, because a, a few seasons, well, not even a few seasons, I think last summer and the summer before that, we, we were saying that we're after a director of football. Yeah, all these serious people put in for the role and they wouldn't really accept it. And uh, it sounds like like Rio and a couple of others, ex-players, like listened to what the role was and what they were wa- wanting is basically a figurehead. Basically, oh, you do like the director of football by name, but we get the decision of like we being Ed Woodward and the whoever works for him. Yeah. Basically, a bunch of bankers deciding <laughs> we're going to sign. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I think one the issue for us, and it's we'll move on to your club actually in one, one sec because it's uh, it's a similar thing ownership, mate. I think owners are a big, big problem for us. Um, they're never going to put someone specifically football-minded in charge of football things because they want the bankers because th- those are the guys who will be 
who who've served them well and them being the glazers like mm. obviously at the end of the day they're there for money and the sad thing is mate i think uh, the only uh, buy that could afford man united was probably the saudis and uh, obviously <laughs> we know they've invested in the in a different united um one of two things has got to happen for them to move uh like sell the club one is someone super rich coming in and offering what they want, which is well, well above the market value. Or they'll just basically run the club to the point where it's not making any more profit. And that's the only time they'll walk away. Because at the moment, it's a cash cow, isn't it? It's like they're sitting at home making millions off <laughs> owning a club that they've bought for free. Which which is That's the part that... Dis- like. Uh, I'm probably going to get a little bit uh, emotionally biased here, but it's absolutely disgusting that they bought that club for free, mate. Like, that sort of leverage takeover should not have been allowed to happen. And I think a lot of the United fans did raise it with um, the government at the time, but obviously the government had better things to do. They had parties to plan, probably even back then, mate. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, just I, I, I mean, you probably haven't listened to this, mate. But like, there was a um, I think they called it a fan led review. But I, I think the basic proposal is a new football regulator comes in, so yeah, yeah. Like, Gary Neville's been championing it for quite a while, hasn't he? Well, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I think kind of the we talked a little bit about the owners test a few times, haven't we? And I think you're right, like that. You know, when you've got that much leverage against a club, like that just that would worry me. I mean, as you say, like I think it's worked out okay for Man United, but I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to just like look at your finances and see like how how many times can you afford to miss the Champions League and what your wage bills like and all this, you know. So if it mate, if it if it means like if we miss the Champions League, say the next three or four years, and it means we get these lot out. I'll take that and bite people's hand off. And people might say, oh, be careful what you wish for, etc. But, I mean, hopefully it goes back to the community or, like, the fans in some shape. Um, but it's it's a pipe dream, mate. That's, that's yeah, it's never going to happen. But, uh, yeah, just to round up on United, mate, we're, we're not in a good position at the moment. It's like uh, there's leaks coming out of the... Of the dressing room every other day um, looks like the players are sulking. I think a majority of our players are weak, like mentally, mate. Like in mm. terms of can't take criticism. As soon as we have a goal, like when we went two 0 up, everybody wanted the ball and everybody was spraying it around. As soon as the first goal went in, you just knew we were going to crumble. Like I mean, they were coming on to us even when they were two 0 down. Fair play to them, but. Yeah, but I guess that, it's, but it's that like lack, like lack of grit, isn't it? Because I think I think we talked about at the start of the season, didn't we? In terms of like how good your players are, kind of technically, like when you look at like you know, I mean, I, know I appreciate you've got some weaknesses in the team, or whatever. We'd have to talk about those, but like, yeah, I think it's as you say, it's that ability to deal with adversity, isn't it? Which I think was was almost like the hallmark of the Ferguson era, wasn't it? Where it was like you know, because everyone used to joke about Fergie time, but it was just that like. You, they almost just refused to be beaten, didn't they? Whereas these guys, as you say, like when they go and get tough, like you know, they invite pressure upon themselves, and I think that's why the likes of, like, say, Aston Villa, like, who are kind of firmly mid-table team, aren't they? Ultimately, and they hadn't even been on particularly good run of form, for honest, like, 
you know, feel like they can have a go at United and, you know, United are going to give you an opportunity to get back in the game, which is, you know. Yeah. I mean, not, not uh, like going back on Fergie, mate, a couple of things have proved right. Like, there's a reason why he used to, as soon as he saw a, a player was getting too big for his boots, doesn't matter how good that player was, he was out the door. Like, I remember being gutted when uh, Bex was sold. Um, obviously that turned out quite all right for us because we got Ronaldo <laughs> in. Um, but I used to be, I, I was even even more annoyed when we saw Van Nistelrooy because he was at the peak of his powers and we sold him to Real Madrid. But again, it was to do with attitude, mate. I, Fergie knew how good Tevez was, but didn't really like how Keir Yurapkin was wanting basically apparently with the highest earners and things like that after he'd been only there for like a season and a half. Um, so basically didn't sign him for that reason. And you can see why, because recently the clubs just let people like, uh, and I know I'm venting a lot about United, mate, so you <laughs> um, you probably have a sore ear after this, just listening about me. Listening about United, <laughs> but I'll wrap up quite soon after this part. Like Riola comes out last season before a massive Champions League game. Um, I think it was the group stage against Leipzig and we needed to get a draw to get go through. And he started mouthing off about Pogba moving. If that was Fergie, mate, Pogba would have seen... would not have been seen anywhere near the starting eleven until basically something happened where Pogba basically told his agent to shut the hell up. Or changed agents. And I think that's why Fergie sold him in the first place. Or I say sold him, but in the end just said, all right, we'll just lose him because he could tell what... Well, it's in his book, isn't it, what he thinks about Riola. Mm. Um, and it, in terms of Riola, I think as an agent, people like some people have the argument, or oh, he does great work for his... Uh, uh, for the people he's representing. Money-wise, yeah, but... In terms of career-wise, does he really? Because to me, it seems like he's always kind of pushing for that next move. Like none of his, I would say, ninety percent of his like big players anywhere that we know of tend to move every three or four years or agitate to move to get a new deal. Do you know what I mean? I completely do, mate. But then, that's, how does how does the the agent get the money? And then, what are the players in the game for? Like, you know what I mean? And that's the and unfortunately, that's the reality, isn't it? When you sign up for a, for him, like yeah. you're a you're potentially be a big player, but then equally, like you know, you're often thinking more about your financial interests than your football interests. I would say, you know. Yeah, I, I just think I think I've said this to you before on a podcast. Like, if I was Pog, like if I was Pogba, my agent at the time when Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Man United were after me basically went with Man United because they were offering the most money, I, I would have alarm bells ringing because at the time, I'm pretty sure, like, we weren't doing amazing. And, uh, like, I think we might have even finished sixth, mate, because I, I think it was when Josie was in charge. We finished sixth and scraped into Champions League through Europa. So he could have gone to Barcelona or Real Madrid who were fighting it out for Champions League and leagues. Yet his agent moved him to Man United. Mm. Dubious, but anyway, uh, I could go on all day in relation to all of that. Me, I think we've we've got big problems, and we'll see how how it turns out. Um, 
what I was going to say, and this will probably work as a bit of a segue, I guess. When I watch when I watch United now, mate, and when I used to watch Arsenal, you know, under Wenger, I would say, yeah, they might be playing all right. They might have a 2-0 lead, but as soon as the other team scores one, you know they're going to buckle. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> mate, I do. Mate, I absolutely do know about that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I used to watch with a gleam in my face. Like, I used to watch Arsenal <laughs> games thinking, oh, 2-0 is it? It's all right. I'll, like... <laughs> 4-0 Like, you know, there's certain teams who go 2-0 up. Like, see, if I'm watching a City game and they go 2-0 up, yeah, I'll not watch over. the rest of the yeah, game. I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll flip it over. Unless, obviously, it's like a big, big team. Whereas if it's Arsenal, <laughs> I'll see it through <laughs> to 90 minutes. <laughs> if they go 2-0 so, up, you like, get your cup of tea out. You're like, right, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Actually, let me ask you about uh, a question about Arsenal, mate, that's been in the news recently in terms of calling off the derby. Because oh. a lot of people are saying, oh, it's not um, to do with COVID. It's just a case of they've got some of their best players out, so they don't want to play. Um, firstly, do you think... Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've read into it properly because I, I I must admit, mate, I've not really read into. I read it a little pro- bit about it, but I don't know the the because I don't know the details about anyone if anyone's got COVID or not. Like, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of assuming that maybe we have got a couple with COVID. I guess. I don't Who know. who's out for you guys, by the way? Because, oh, mate, like, so we haven't got um party party's gone to. Well, I think this is this is this is part of the controversy, isn't it? Because like um we've got um. People who have got the African competitions, which, like, you know, kind of fair enough, right? Um, but we've got um, Emil Smith rolls out, the um, that Japanese right back is out. I think, um, what's his name? Um, Harte uh, and Pepe, AFCON, yeah. Well, uh, and then, um, Abamyang's kind of AFCON as well. I mean, I know we weren't playing, but I think, um, I think Saka's out injured as well. I think a few people picked yeah. up knocks, yeah. like. Um, so I think the Premier League need to step in, mate. Like, and this is not against Arsenal because, to be honest, mate, if it was United and they had a loophole like that, I would have no problems in them postponing a game against City to get our best players back. But, like, the Premier League need to like step in because Liverpool did it the week before when, uh, uh when they got your first leg game cancelled, I think. Mate, it's a joke, honestly. I mean, I think that was that was the point I, I was going. This is and I mean I know we've done it now, and I must I, I agree with you, mate. I don't really I don't really think we should. Like, but this is the problem with the rules, isn't it? The rules are there and they're not the they're, they're just allowing clubs to make a mockery of it, aren't they? Like, you mean yeah. and and if you've got the means to do it, like most clubs are gonna use that as a means, aren't they? So, There's millions on the line, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 a business at the end. But if you think about that, mate, and then like it, I know, on, if you look at the league, it's like that 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 clash with Spurs is massive because, like, if we beat them, then we kind of put ourselves in poor position for Champions League, don't we? Like, do you mean so? He's already he's already breaking some plates, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> Conte. <laughs> Have you heard his latest interview? No. <laughs> Basically, I think somebody was asking him about. Um... Transfer window, Kane, um, and about Kane, he said how much like they want to keep him, how hard he's working, etc. And then they went on to Dombelli, and he's like, oh, I don't know, you'll have to ask the board. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I, I think Dombelli is on his way out. I think you know what would might not be a bad shout. 
them swapping Ndombele out for Martial with us. I know it's two bad <laughs> eggs switching, like, but we need a midfielder. Like, we desperately need a midfielder that can play. Uh, and they just desperately want to get him off the wage, like, off the wage, uh, wage list. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just thought it was funny because he's already starting to, like, ruffle a few feathers. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm, it'll be interesting if he doesn't get to sign anyone in January because <laughs> we've seen that before, haven't we? Play how it plays. Well, I mean, out he could with... throw it, could throw his um, toys at the prom, couldn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping they don't get anyone, like, because I'm genuinely worried they're like the favourites for top four. Um, going back on Arsenal, there, um, we mentioned Liverpool there. What? How did you did you watch the like this the leg that actually went ahead? And, no, I didn't. I, I mean, I was I seen about. Jack got sent off again. <laughs> I mean, what a surprise! Like, stupendous. Um, like, but I think it's it's it, it's impressive, for us, isn't it? Like, we we got through that and got a draw. Like, I must admit, it. it... You've played well, mate. I, I kind of watched twenty minutes here, then kind of I was doing other stuff, and then watched another twenty minutes. But whenever I was I was watching it, didn't look like Liverpool were absolutely. I think towards the end they were kind of putting a lot of pressure on, but it never looked like. Oh, it's going to be a matter of time before they score. Yeah, I, I was quite impressed. Um, I think, to be fair to Arteta, mate, uh, I don't know if he's going to be the guy to win you guys the league, but he steadied the ship. And the fact that you guys are back in the running for top four, that alone's. Man, you know, I'm, I'm quite up. I'm, I mean, I know I don't want to like talk us up too much because, like, you know, I mean, we. It would classically like get this part of the season and just like implode. Like that's a classic Arsenal tactic. Like, but um I've been quite impressed with me, I gotta say. Like, as in the I I mean they played I thought were fantastic against Man City. I know like man like Pep was saying that like oh his team was tired or whatever, which I think probably did play a factor in it, like, but I think kind of the performances against Man City and then Liverpool to kind of get that result, like when we went down to 10 men, like I think it's it is quite impressive, like how they're able to like at least neutralize like some of these bigger teams. Like, so I, I mean, yeah. I, who yeah, I mean, who knows me if if it's going to take us all the way back to competing for titles? Who knows? Like, but we've got we've got a lot Sp- of young. Sp- <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, speaking of the man, see, sorry to cut you off, but <laughs> did you see the somebody put some kind of meme on like? People kicking off about different things like Pogba when they got robbed of like the Champions League draw and stuff like that. Like basically saying, like, you know, people kicking off about high stakes games, then Arsenal kicking off about the injustice because they didn't get a draw against Man City. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Like, but anyway, sorry, mate. Continue. Oh, no. I, I, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know if we take this all the way, but then, like, I mean, I, I, we've, got a, we've got a young squad, a lot of young players, and like, he is. I mean, I was I was worried about consistency. I was worried about like being able to get those guys to perform at a level, and I think they are showing kind of like early signs of consistency. They are difficult to beat, like, um, and I think we're doing well. So, I mean, I, who knows if it will continue for the rest of the season? But if it does, like, I think that is a, that would be a very good platform to, to build from. And the good thing about having a young squad is, is that the players only tend to get better. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that was the classic thing that we had under Wenger was that like we had younger players, but we had fragility or we had like, you know, they were going to get pick up injuries and stuff. So like the fact that we're showing signs of like resilience and being 
difficult to to beat, I think, is good because you know I think we'll only ever get better going forward. So you know, yeah, yeah. I I think uh, so. Uh, you guys are kind of like us in the sense that you need a midfield, like a proper midfielder to control the like game for you guys. I, I think you've got attacking midfielders, but again, it's that like deep line playmaker you guys need, and also a centre forward, like uh, someone who can basically be a good foil as well as score twenty goals a season. Like be a good foil for Martinez and uh, Saka. What's the crack with? Um... Smith Rowe not getting in the team for the past four or five he's, weeks. He's injured, mate. Is he? Yeah. So I mean, but if he seen... comes on like for five minutes, scores a goal, and then like <laughs> sub. <laughs> like... Yeah, he's come. I think he's 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 been injured, then coming back, and then picked up like a strain or whatever. Like you know, it's a classic, isn't it? Like when. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, we are linked. Being linked with the guy from Fiorentina, like I mean, I don't know. Lovic, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how heavily. I was going to say quite heavily. I don't know, but. Uh, I mean, I know there's, like, issues with, like, ownership of that guy or whatever, but, like, it's interesting. Like, I think we are... That's the bit that I'm concerned about because Lacazette looks like he's clearly going to go. Aubameyang's almost being forced out. So, I, mean, I do like Martinelli, um, but it, there's a step to, to kind of, like, say, oh, he's had, you know, half of a good season, shall we say, or, like, half, yeah. half, of, half of, his, of this season has been good type thing, so... To then lead also, the line. also with young players, mate, I think, and we're seeing this with uh, not so much Rashford because I don't think you can class him as young specifically, but more so Greenwood. They have that six month where they have the breakthrough. You can't expect them to like no, straight away not. be like, unless they're messy, like who from the age of 12 was just specific, <laughs> ridiculously consistent. Um, yeah, you, you got to expect that you can't rely on them to be starters like for a full season. Um, but yeah, that Vlaovic guy, uh, I'm hearing a lot of people have been linked with him. I think Juve want to sell him, but they want to just basically get his release clause, which is something like 75 million. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him, to be honest, mate, but it, it, apparently. Every time I read anything about him, but apparently he's the real deal, but can't really make a comment. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, who knows? Who knows, mate? Yeah. Like, it's so many players, isn't there? And, after, yeah. after all that being said, though, mate, just looking at the Premier League table, we're like literally uh, three points behind you guys. <laughs> Same number of games. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, like, yeah, I it's like, oh, like two... Man United are diabolical. It's horrendous. It's awful. <laughs> Arsenal, oh yeah, we're amazing. Like them, them three points that we had of you, like they're well earned. Them, like, <laughs> yeah. um, just underneath us actually is like uh, Wolves and Brighton. Um, just a little shout out to Brighton here because I watched their game against uh, Palace, and if they get a proper striker, like I mean, someone who's half decent, someone like even Antonio, I think. I know Mopey does a lot off the ball in terms of work rate, but he's finishing me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they create so many chances and they dominate the ball so much. Like, I'm really impressed, really impressed whenever I see them play. Um, yeah, I like we, yeah. I know, Pop, I know Pop you is... like Potter. I like Potter, yeah. so we'll just have to get like, Leon back on. Like, it'd be like, Z, Potter, how it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, Leon rates him as well, mate. Leon yeah. rates him quite early. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any other business. I think uh, we've covered everything we wanted to have a chat about today. Any other business? Uh, Afcon, mate, have you watched any of it? 
Nah, mate, I haven't watched any of it yet. I, I watched, I, I watched uh, the Ivory Coast game today, actually. I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a give it a chance because I've not... There's been a lot made of it as well, and I think rightly so in the sense that the coverage has been pretty crap. Like, I listened to one game, like, at the start of the tournament where there was just one fella commentating, and it sounded like <laughs> he was commentating from his own, like, shed or something, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> And they put it on, uh, I, th- I think, I don't know. Then I tried to watch another game and it was on, um, like, it was on BBC, but it wasn't on, like, BBC One. It was on, like, the red button. Yeah. I just think, come on, just, like, put it on the proper channel. Um, so, anyway, what I was going to say to you, I watched the Ivory Coast and Sierra Leone uh, game. I was actually wanting uh, Leon to be on, see how his dad was uh, celebrating, because they got a draw against uh, Ivory Coast. Um, some fella scored like a proper, like I don't know if I can class it as a worldie, but a really, really go- good goal. <laughs> and uh, he was playing like in Ethiopia, and now he's got no club at the moment. All right, um, because I was wondering why he was crying, so I turned the volume up on the commentary to understand what was going on. But turns out, yeah, he hasn't got a club, he just scored a banger against uh, Ivory Coast, and then I think 95th minute. Mate, <laughs> Um, I don't know, you'll have to watch it on YouTube, but I'll try and describe it for both you and like the listeners. It's 2 1 Ivory Coast who'd like missed loads of chances. And uh, I think somebody crossed the ball in, but it wasn't even in the box, it was like crossed the ball in towards the box. One of the Ivory Coast defenders like headed it back to the keeper, but he did the right thing, which is he didn't head it back towards goal because he's heading it from outside the penalty box as a defensive header. He's like headed it to say the left of the goal. So the goalkeeper can go and pick it up. So the goalkeeper goes to pick it up, mate, gets it in his hand. And you know, when they like slide along the grass, (laughs) he tries to do that, which is what would have happened on a nice pitch, except he hits a divot. Does he sniff? Let's the ball go. No. (laughs) (laughs) And then. The striker and the defender in front of him like hit another divot, so both of them kind of fall. But thankfully, the I say thankfully as if I'm like a Sierra Leone fan, but you know you got to support the underdog. Thankfully, the striker managed to like quickly get up and like put the ball in in 95th minute. <laughs> I genuinely thought before I watched the um, re- replay, I was like, yeah, the <laughs> the keepers put like um, basically, you know, when they make a massive error. And they just pretend to be injured. (laughs) And then then I watched like the replay. I was like, ooh, like his leg basically went into the ground and got stuck. Um, He got carried off, bless him, on the the stretcher. So Ivory Coaster on their third choice keeper because that Onana's not been allowed. I think it's Onana who's not been allowed to play because of doping or whatever. So some kind of diet pill story. Um, but yeah, mate, it was exciting. I'm I'm gonna try and catch a bit more. Well, I think it's get, it's getting to the um, to the, just getting to the end of the group stages, aren't yeah. it? So it's gonna get to like the knockouts. So I'll probably try and watch a couple, of, a few of the knockouts. Like, I mean, I must. I, this sounds a bit harsh, but like the only things I've really seen is like when they were like having a fight or like when the ref was like sending <laughs> someone off after the game and stuff. I was like, but, oh, and then one of the refs didn't he like in, like blow the full time whistle before the game was meant like over or whatever or something like. That. I've heard that I was I was listening to that yeah apparently so and apparently he's got a history of doing that. I'm like, 
How can you ever? <laughs> how can you get that wrong? Like, <laughs> like surely you stop being a referee after the first couple of times you've done that. Like, like if, yeah, if you if you've done it like once or twice, like sure you'd be like, right, I'm just gonna put a little alarm on my on my watch after like forty five minutes goes and oh, it'll go goodness. off. <laughs> Oh madness, mate! No, yeah, I, I think I I am kind of waiting for the later stages uh, to come around. But it's it's nice to see some of these like smaller teams as well, like Sierra Leone, and like I mean the quality is not amazing. I have to admit, and although today's game I was quite surprised by, but in general, like when I've watched it, I'm just like, yeah, I think I'll wait till. And th- that's not uh, Afcon specifically. I mean. Well, yeah, as they're yeah, exactly, mate. It's like, it's like the bigger they make the tournaments, the more diluted the call. I, I get why they're doing it more. They're not doing it for the reason they're saying they're doing it, which is to give more teams a chance. Because that's why I think that's fair enough. I'd like to see some of the smaller nations go to a World Cup and say that they've been to a World Cup. But we both know that <laughs> UEFA you, you and FIFA are doing it strictly for one reason and that's uh basically money <laughs> more more it's it it interesting much. like so like so just just to kind of wrap on this up on this one mate but like so i know what you mean like, it is generally generally commercial reasons isn't it but i guess like one of the things they were saying before this is it actually makes it harder for like more nations to host like afcon because basically if you've got this number of teams like you have you need more infrastructure to be able to like um like facilitate like I don't even know how many groups they've got of teams, like, you know, I don't know, like eight groups or whatever it is, like, you know, so yeah. countries will struggle to host if they have this number of teams in effect, which I thought was quite interesting. Like, Well, Cam- Cameroon have taken the lead of uh, who hosted the Euros, is it? Well, England and uh, who was who hosted the Euros, mate? It was UK and somebody else, was it? Or was it all over Europe? I, I think, think it was, was all over. It Europe, was it was it? all over, wasn't it? Because it was COVID. But I think they're saying like in the future they expect like it'll be more like joint bids and which yeah. Europe, I think, think does it like it's quite small Europe really, isn't it? Like yeah. I th- in terms of uh, what I was going to say is they've taken a leaf out of the Euros book because I noticed the uh, corner flag was like Cameroon twenty twenty one. Because <laughs> it was meant to be last year. <laughs> I'm like, we've bought clearly... these flags. We're gonna keep it. Tipex on plus one. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, it's like the Euros as well. When they were like, oh, even though it's in 2021, this is Euro 2020. No, it's Euro 2020. Oh man, I know, I know, mate. Oh, you just didn't want to order any extra merchandise, so <laughs> do you want to change the logo? Yeah, madness. Who, who have you guys got uh, next? If uh... If it does go ahead, what's the fixtures like? What you mean, Arsenal or yeah, Arsenal? I, th- I know who we've got. We've got a uh, Brentford on Wednesday night. Have you? Well, I don't even know if it is going to go ahead, mate. But I think um, we're meant to play Burnley um, on Sunday. Um, ah, they've got cases. They're, they've they've only played about four games this season, mate. <laughs> I was going to say right now. I was going to say before actually I forgot because we've got sidetracked on something else. But like, because I know you said about like the um, the fact that like you know Arsenal like getting their game postponed or whatever. But it's like the, to me, it's like the league. It's a joke. So you have got like Burnley at the bottom, but they've played like four games less than Norwich. Like it's like. It's like what is what is going on? Like 
it's just yeah. it's a new castles in uh, I think they needed to win that game against Watford. Like you said, what's your thoughts on the signings Newcastle's done? Because I thought after they got Trippier, it was going to be like uh, making it rain. Yeah, yeah, they were gonna, like not specifically making it rain, but they were going to get like Dina and like like do you know what I mean? Like a little bit excuse me, a little bit higher level like signing than Wood. I can see why they've got Wood because they're probably thinking we're like weakening Burnley and also if we go down, Wood's basically the ideal striker for like championship to get us back up. Yeah, I mean, I so I take your point and I think you are right. That would worry me. Like if I was a Newcastle fan, like, I mean... It just, I think that it's weird, isn't it? As you say, like, so you get Trippier, who's like 31, like, you know, got quite a decent pedigree, really. And yeah. I know he's had his injury problems and stuff or whatever. But like, Trippier's like kind of like a here and now type player, really, isn't yeah. he? You're not going to get like a, a load more time out of him as a player. And I then... think by the, sorry, I was going to say, mate, I think uh, by the sounds of it, it's not by choice that they've like moved down to Wood. Like they got Trippier, they wanted Dina, um, they want Botman, but like they like it's January and they're just struggling to. And looking at their position, a lot of players are like, mm, "We'll wait." Sorry, mate, I, I totally cut you off, but I don't know if you've like been listening to the transfer news. No, and stuff no, like I, I mean, I, say, I, like... I don't really. Pay, I mean, this is the thing. I don't yeah. really pay attention to it until people get signed. Really, I mean, yeah. I know I've been like you know, kind of paying yeah. attention to one or two of Arsenal, but yeah, no. I think I think it, it'll be interesting. Anyway, I think it's probably smart, mate. Like in the sense that in the back of their head, if they know that, all right, there's a chance that we're going to go down, rather than like say, well, we're definitely not going down, so we're going to just if we're not getting world class players, we're not signing them at all. Do you know what I mean? So I think it might be smart if they're like kind of hedging their bets because they don't have to become like a superpower. <laughs> it's it, it, like in the space of. Yeah, two three seasons. It's gonna have to be a long process. I mean, it's. it's I, I do wonder, and this is me just like, but I wonder if it's like they'll kind of go like they've almost gone like, oh, we'll get Eddie Howe because he's available, and we'll just see how he does. And if he doesn't really work out, then we can go and get someone like Lampard or when when we're in the championship. Yeah, I, I would, but if you want to build, I don't know. Lampard is because he didn't really get Derby up, did he? The no. And I think he had two attempts, if I'm not mistaken. I think they did like Lampard, didn't they, though? But yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's still... But I guess it's the same with Villa. Like, Lampard does attract certain players, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that, you... Liverpool, uh, sorry, Villa's the... the you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there, haven't you, mate? Because as you say, like, Gerrard's got that. I mean, he hasn't really got any, any pedigree apart from going into Scotland and winning the league. Like, that's, you know... It's, it's got, that league's not what it used to be like, Jimmy, yeah. being yeah. fair. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, but you, but it, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Like, if they had got Lampard, like, would they have been able to convert a couple more of their signings than maybe they've, they've been, a, been able to so far? But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any last bits, mate, before we round this one off? Nah, mate, no. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, good catching up with you, bud. I'll speak yeah. to you next week. All right. Stay safe now. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
As always, thank you very much for listening and we hope you enjoyed that episode. Remember, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter at TheTotal90Pod and we're also available on Instagram as Total90Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Stay safe now.